Good afternoon or good evening or good morning. It's welcome to Pod Stallions. I, I don't know why I started with the date. My name is Oscar Madison, and with me to my left is Mr. Felix Unger. How Hello. are your sinuses? Hello. They're fine. Yeah. Thank you. I used to Thank do you that. for getting that. Thank you. <laughs> All good. <laughs> and because I used a um odd couple reference it segues perfectly into our topic movie series yeah yeah once it, as always don't question the logic pod stallions is a well-oiled machine like from yes. one we know exactly where we're like a mcu multiverse of we know everywhere everything's gonna go and now my dog knows i'm talking to you so he wants yeah. to get on the action yeah. we can have that he hasn't touched this toy in two days. It's been sitting it's because in because he is our research department. Uh, and, yes. you know, and he's kind of mad that we never mentioned him. And it's true. We we should mention the team of people we have around us supporting us, the PR people, the assistants. Right. There's uh, just the writers. Every, you know, every. Well, we'll your, end up your, every, your water, your, your, uh, your synchronized swimming coach. <laughs> right. It's just the reason we don't list them off is there's just so many of them that we just feel like we're going to leave someone out. Plus, plus I don't like any of them. So, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, they're not allowed to look at you. I know that. No. God, no. No eye contact. Um, Same room. Now, this is movie serials is one of these things where, like, um, I think I may trump you in passion and knowledge for. And it's merely, I believe geography that uh that 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 exists i think if you had grown up in yes and i will explain if i think if you had grown up in southern ontario like i did you would have gotten exposure to all these movie serials because they're you know it really depended on the market you lived in right and where i lived southern ontario there was a television show called magic shadows it was hosted by a film buff and generally nice man named Elwi Yost, whose son, uh, Christopher, wrote movies like Speed. Oh, yeah, you know, I know that. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. His father was a beloved figure in Canada. Um, and he hosted a show called Magic Shadows, and you can see uh, clips of it on YouTube. It has a terrifying start. It, it has mm. a start. It's, it's scary and kind of creepy. And uh, I don't think it's intended to be, but, you know, there there we are and magic shadows is is uh, i have a love-hate relationship with the show it's mainly love but uh early trauma because like he would play like animal farm and i'd think oh a cartoon and my mom plunked me down i remember my mom plunked me down in front of animal farm went upstairs and turned off all the lights and i just remember like after watching animal farm i was trying to process what i just saw Right. And then I was like, and, you know, and then I have to go up those dark stairs to bed like it was scary as hell. Um, yeah, but he did. And you see a cart- cartoon animals. You're just yeah. going to assume any minute now there's going to be some gags. Something silly is going to happen. <laughs> a yeah. show about bunnies and it's watership it, down. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you, you need some you need some prep as a kid because otherwise when, when I when I was a film buff like when I was going to every video store and seeing what they had like I would just drive town to town I always like would go into the children's section and find the copy of Watership Down just to be like no 
Still a hit with kids. Any part. Yeah, yeah, it's very popular. And it was the other one. Fantastic Planet was another movie that I saw as a child. Oh, yeah, that's well, you would have seen it because it was in French. Like they showed a lot of French. Yeah, it TV. was. Yeah, I think City City TV liked playing it. Yeah, but I saw it. Yeah, I saw it a few times, and it it, it scared the living hell out of me as it's, a kid. I. It's funny you say that because I dipped into it a couple of months ago on HBO Max. Now Max. And it's listed there, and I'm like, oh, I remember this from VHS. I'll give this a spin. And it is freaking weird, man. It is, yeah. it is a, I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing piece of work for the time and everything, but it is not, it's not a fun story. <laughs> no, really, sir. Really strange. And um, yeah, so yeah, I could totally see that um, freaking you, freaking you out. But so he ran a lot of um, movie serials were his passion. Yeah, okay. and he ran them for like a decade, and I caught uh, the mass majority of these. Mm. He played the good ones. He didn't play a lot of the crap, um, which I would find out later. Like, I, I the ones I remember him playing vividly are um, uh, King of the Rocket Men, mm-hmm. uh, the Mysterious Doctor Satan, which I want to okay. talk about later. Yeah, um, uh, Buck Rogers. Yep. Uh, which he played when Buck Rogers the show came out. So right. uh, all of us little nerdy kids would watch the the original Buck Rogers and then the remake, you know. Um, the uh, I think he played the Flash Gordons, mm-hmm. but I think the one that really I loved was the Captain Marvel one. Oh wow! Okay, so that and he was a huge fan of it, and I think he even uh, brought in the original tom tyler outfit at one point oh my gosh i know he brought in the commando cody outfit once so it was it was really cool but my memories are like i mean super vague like really really distant very young uh child to seeing you know buck flashboard the flash gordon serial on a sunday morning sort of thing yeah those Um, those played in other channels too flash gordon (laughs) Flash Gordon, City, Buck Rogers. Yeah. I think maybe, I think maybe like Don Winslow of the Navy or something like that. Was that a, a serial <laughs> or something? Just, yeah. Remember, that would have been something that my dad would have stopped on and said, oh my gosh, I remember this, you know. And, you know, he liked, uh, uh, you know, those like Terry and the Pirates, you know, he, he liked that strip and yeah, some of the more, more, not less fanciful stuff. And, and I think that was something, but, um, and then, then of course, that kid's birthday party I mentioned when the when the dad, you know, brought out the projector and showed the the Batman uh, series. Yeah. That he, you know, which was a very hippie, nerdy, pothead kind of thing I'd imagine for these guys to do in the in the seventies. But um, I didn't, you know, they they must have played stuff on it. But it was always like a Sunday morning or afternoon, you know, like when when Saturday morning was taken up by network cartoons and then maybe a little bit later in the day like i i, I remember the, the the all the tarzan movies and um you know then of course which led to you know all the godzilla films and you know the hammer stuff on this particular station um because the the, the tarzan movies all felt like they were like a 45 minutes long an hour long they never felt they never felt like a motion picture really um but i have vague memories of some of the serial stuff but i i didn't have a ton of exposure to it as a kid but yeah, cool. it, it, yeah. Yeah. Well, the other thing that happened was my family went on a vacation to Florida. I think it was like a two week vacation where we we're driving around. And this is, of course, you know, the 80s. And 
I picked up a book written by a guy by the name of Alan G. Barber. I remember Alan G. Barber looked on the back of the book. He looked a lot like, um, oh, what's his name from Richard Deacon. He kind of looked like Richard Deacon. Uh, but he was a huge serial fan and he even made his own like serials um, in like the 60s and stuff. So he was like a real, you know, he was the he was the guy preserving the history. He was the Donald and the book was of the. Yeah, yeah. And and. You know, um, you know, I have no idea if that fellow is still around. I doubt it. But um, what was interesting about it was like his book, because I was traveling like my, you know, my folks were just driving everywhere all over Florida. So I read this book cover to cover okay. and I learned a lot. Like I couldn't believe how many of these, you know, these cheapy productions were made and how um and how they like how they basically were by and large pretty forgotten, you know, and um, you ju it just triggered a memory that I didn't know about at the time. But uh, the first serials that I ever watched on Magic Shadows were Captain America because I loved Captain America. So it's probably like 75 or 76. He played wow. the Captain America serial. So I'm very young. OK. And the Captain America sucks. Um, it's horrible. It's a bad serial. He doesn't have a shield. He's not Steve Rogers. He's just some dude, like in a district attorney. He's oh, kind of chubby. Not, he's not Steve and, Rogers. No. So what happened was, I, I recently discovered this, and this is probably what triggered the episode for me. The uh, whoever was making the Captain America serial. They had another hero. I think it was called Mr. Justice. I think it was an Archie character. Okay. And he was a district attorney who, um, you know, at night fought crime as a superhero. And he didn't have any special gadgets. He just punched people and wore a mask. So they just, they lost the rights to Mr. Justice. And just went, okay, well, we'll get another character. And they got Captain America. So it was but licensed. By, by it Mark. was licensed by Atlas or, you yeah. know, um, but it was not um, it was not it was like the script for Mr. Justice. They just changed some names. Oh. And that's why it sucks. And it, it really is bad. Did he have a sidekick, too? Wasn't there always a kid? Like there's like, no Bucky. And, and Bucky. facially, I would say the guy who plays Captain America looks like Dick Van Patten. Oh. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what you think of when you think of. Yeah, that, that's definitely who I want to see punching out gangster America. <laughs> so that was so that what that's an example of one though that 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 because I cause I think that he was the first Marvel character to to be in live action, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because they never did a you know, a Spider-Man movie serial or something. And, you know, well, so, no, Spider-Man, like the movie serials died by the 40s. Those were by then. Yeah. yeah. So there was nobody. But, but they never was, did a Submariner or, um, yeah, no. Something, right. Yeah. So, no, no, um, uh, Captain Marvel got a serial and, uh, you know, 100% probably the best movie serial ever made. The Captain Marvel? Uh, Captain Marvel's really solid. Now, it's just. Captain, it was, a, it was, um, uh, awesome. what was Faucet, yeah. So that would have been a faucet. It's officially problem. licensed. Uh, they change it a little bit in that Billy is like 37. 
Uh, slightly you know, different. Slightly different. No, he's just an older dude. Right. And uh, the other thing that sort of changes at the end, Billy loses the Captain Marvel power at the end of the serial. But uh, for that one, I mean, you're really looking at Tom Tyler, who is uh, one of the most perfect human beings to play a supergirl. Does he look like... Um... Oh, my God. It's not only does he look like Captain Marvel and he's cut and he looks good, but he also does some crazy ass stunts in the film. You know, and, how, and the thing that would be like, what, 10, 10 chapters, 10, 30. I think it's 12 chapters. Yeah. And is that 30 minute chapters with these things? I no, no. Those are like little 15 minute. chapters. Oh, I believe. Okay, yeah, because yeah, they were they were shown before the picture, you know. Mm. Uh, but I, I, I'm. I'm sorry. See, I thought like a serial day was kind of like a. I thought when the kids went, they kind of saw multiple chapters of different things. But they, yeah. so, but these would show prior to, like, give me an example of what a movie would be that it, the kids would go to, because these were mainly aimed at kids. The serials. Well, no, you're 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 misthinking that. Um, you remember, like, I, I think Roger Ebert said as a kid, I got a feature, I got a, you know, I got a cartoon, I got a newsreel. And I got a Batman cereal, you know, a like la- a large popcorn and a giant mm-hmm. Coke and a, huge and a beating and a, <laughs> and a, 12 a savage beating <laughs> and a beating when I got home because yeah. I snuck. <laughs> um, Sorry. So, so, so the cereal then was shown before, like, you know, like a Bogart picture or like, like what, what were they, what would they, what would they have been connected to is what I mean. Like, would you have it in front of, you know anything like uh she done him wrong or whatever like or would it just, well would it i think sort of... i think the studios dictated like universal made their own republic made their own columbia made their own so they would dictate where you know they owned the theaters and this was like a a, a roster of programming and right i think the thing with serials was it brought in kids and it brought them in every week see the next chapter so they so they aired they they, those ran in the in the in the on the weekends in the mornings but they ran at night too or were they yeah i think i think i think they ran with the feature and everything like that like they were part of a package okay is what i understand uh i'm sure they ran them like for kids in a matinee and they'd run them all together i don't know i you know i wasn't there but that sounds believable um just to get you know people into the seats but Right. You know, movie theaters at that time, like some of them would seat 2000 people. Right. 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 So you just went you're just watching TV, basically. Um, so so my here's my OK, we can talk more about specific serials. But mm-hmm. what I'm I'm fascinated by is the fascination that, you know, Lucas and Spiel like there, you know, there is a generation, Eber's generations that that that. But wasn't there sort of like when did they start to kind of hit, you know, television? Oh, in the 50s. So the 50s, so very much like the monster films. The oh, yeah. Like, like basically um, in the 19, as soon as television came, right, all of these companies like Three Stooges and monster films and all that stuff got sold to television. And um, I think, I forget, there, there's uh, one instance in that book that serial book I have by Barber that uh, mentions, I think in the late 60s, they played this serial on television, but 
it is extremely racist. Like, oh. super-duper racist. And um, I think they were playing it like Detroit. Mm. And the station had to take it off the air. Oh, wow. Because people were just going, are you watching what's on your channel right, right. Are you guys awake I, there? Where are you, where yeah, you and, and Barbara does a whole chapter on the serial going, yeah, this, it's also bad, but it's also just horrific. <laughs> like, you just can't believe um, what it is. It's something about a lost city in Africa, and I'll let you fill in all the blanks on what's going on there. So then uh, movie brats, as they were known, you know, that, that generation would have been exposed to a lot of this stuff. Oh, absolutely. And and uh, like, I mean, uh, I don't know how Lucas, Lucas is a fifties kid, right? Like, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Their exposure was not in the cinema, but it was on television. Flash Gordon, um, and a lot of the, um, like, obviously, Indiana Jones is movie serials. And, you know, what we should do is go back in time and uh, pretend that that's the connection to this episode. Well, I was going to I was actually going to bring it up, <clears throat> you know, considering we don't tend to do stuff that's very timely because it's you know, we do standalone stuff with the show, obviously. Mm hmm. But it has been a topic of conversation for a while since Dial of Destiny uh, has come out. And, and I talked to a lot of people that have been digging into the other films in the last couple of months, you know, getting excited about the new one. They start watching, you know, and then you get this, you know, a lot of revisionism, too, where people, you know, for 15 years, there wasn't a, a kind word said about Crystal Skull. When I think it's as we talked about on the show before, like, I think it's fine. Like, it falls apart two thirds of the way through it. It's, you know, I, I completely agree with all of that, but it's not this travesty of, you know, justice, you know, and it, it, it made Part like time. 900 million freaking dollars, you know? So, so people, you know, dig it and they, they dig all this up. And, you know, people forget that the outside of Raiders, the critics were not kind to any of these films, just like they weren't kind to star Wars. And they were, they got a little more, you know, warmed up for, for empire. But um, it's interesting because, you know, like Lucas wanting to get Flash Gordon and get that license and make a Flash Gordon film, he was really turned on by the serials that he would have seen on television. He wouldn't have yeah. been the gentleman that saw them in the theater. And, you know, that's the, the two things he's best known for, Indiana Jones and uh, Star Wars, are direct well, serials. Yeah. of serials. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah, you know, uh, somebody who is a a better, uh, uh, what you might call it, historian of these things could actually show you all the direct influences. But I cannot do that. Uh, yeah. Like especially with of, Raiders. There's a lot of comparisons. You know, there's some of the, even the stunts going under the stagecoach and you know, oh, different, yeah, yeah. different serials that, that, they, that they, you know, were influenced by. And, and you see it in Star Wars, too. The, the, the wipes on screen. You know, the iris thing, the the crawl at the beginning. I mean, you know, millions of people have talked about this in depth uh, better than us. But, um, well, you know, one thing I want to say about them, too, is like Spielberg recently condemned comic book movies. And I think he's mistaken because comic book movies happened because this was a um, a media, a form of media that is disrespected, thrown away. Yeah. And then, Always you know, was. a bunch, a bunch, a studio, you know, made a started making credible movies out of these characters, believable, credible, popular movies. 
and you know created love letters and now we've got this spree that's the exact same thing he did with movie serials i i, with, with I him you know scorsese i get i get the sentiment to a degree mm. it's a little different with scorsese but with spielberg it's it reminds me again of alan moore like you know whenever i talk about alan moore with alex i mean alan moore yeah. is one, one of his heroes it's like the way he condemns the medium now, the way he, you know, poo-poos most of what he did and what's happened to comic books and stuff. And it's like you got he got to play in a sandbox with all these other characters that other people created, you know, or he would take some and, you know, riff on an original character and do something different. Um, it's it's really uh, rich to be condemning it from a distance now. And as far as Spielberg and, and Lucas go and, and what they did, and especially Spielberg's comment, it's like, you know, the only thing that the only thing that changed is that technology suddenly went apeshit in the last 25 years with what effects could pull off. And if that technology had been around, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, you would have had much many more comic book films. The the, the thing that always uh, hindered it, it was making it hindered. believable. Exactly. And, so, and you know, and, to, to the point, getting back to serials, if you watch the old Kirk Allen serials, uh, Kirk Allen is a pitch perfect Superman. Like that dude's in shape. Now, now he, now, now he was also the voice of Superman in the radio show, correct? No, that's Bud Collier. <clears throat> uh, Collier. Kirk he Allen did. was, uh, Kirk Allen was a, um, an actor and, uh, he also played Blackhawk, another uh, well. Soon oh, to be I love Blackhawk. Yeah, love he played Blackhawk Black in the serials, and he again, Kirk. You can't get a better Superman than Kirk Allen. He's beautiful. Yeah, he. Um, <clears throat> but when he flew in those movies, it was cartoon. Right. Flying, and it just kills the movie, and that's an exact reason that this medium never got really respect because well, and, of the effects, and, you know. Mm-hmm. And what's sad about it is, you know, and this is a whole other episode altogether, but but in light of recent events with certain films and, you know, the YouTube, you know, dickwads that just tear everything down and, and so on, you know, some this guy wrote a really brilliant missive. The guy, guy said something nice about a particular film and, you know, this huge thread on Twitter of like, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Thank you for saying it. And then the next day he said, well, what a great response. I'll give you something bigger. And he's a he's a movie reviewer. And he said, you know, people have to remember there was a time 25 years ago that when people went into a film, especially critics, they, they didn't know every goddamn thing about the movie. They didn't know the budget. They didn't know all the ins and outs of it. They hadn't seen 15 clips before they got there. They didn't know how effects were made, et cetera, et cetera. And you could just go in and judge the story and yet, you know, pick on things that aren't up to snuff or whatever. And so, you know, there's a generation now or like the, an attitude from people that's that goes after things like that. Like, well, the flying didn't look great. And it's like, OK, but, you know, if you were sitting in a theater back then watching Kirk Allen, especially if you were a kid, you wouldn't know the difference because your 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 brain gets tuned to different things. And nothing is impressive anymore unless it's absolutely perfect. Mm. And nothing is perfect. So yeah. we're in this weird gray area now with fantasy and science fiction and comic book stuff, et cetera, that there's a generation that's so used to getting all of it that it none of it's good enough. And it's and it's it's even even with the technology. There well, are uh, you know, somebody somebody said good. something recently that uh, it stuck with me. He said he believed that effects don't work if you can figure out how they did them. And um, 
we we lived in an age where we used to be able to just say i don't know how they did that now we just go oh it's all computers yeah you know and like somebody criticizing you know like i don't know trying to think of an element but you you know my argument would be like well yeah but you know that you know the dog isn't talking too you see the dog's mouth moving why are you complaining about that thing when there's also a talking dog that's your favorite thing in the film you know it's you either give over to it and just enjoy the storytelling but if you're looking at where all the seams are then you're you're not you're not enjoying it to begin with and that's there's a I mean, just there's just literally hundreds and hundreds of videos on YouTube that just that's all they're talking about. And it's really kind of been the undoing of all this stuff where it's not, you know, it's, you know, they're even looking back on early Marvel films and going, that looked bad. You know, that's you like, (laughs) you know, my God, it was only 15 years ago. Like, you know, things things change. And as far as the deep fake thing goes, it's like, then just put it away. Just put yeah. it away. The technology, if it's not there and you're going to tear it apart whenever it shows up, then just put it away until it is. Like, did you see the the Nimoy thing uh, by that Otoy company? You know, the thing that was on YouTube where it's Nimoy, he looks like motion picture era Nimoy. It's incredible. Yeah, it's, I did see that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that took almost 10 years. That, that guy is a friend of, of Alex's, <clears throat> friend of J.J. Abrams, etc. That little... Nimoy thing took 10 years to get that like that. And it looks incredible, but there's no walking and talking to go with it. So yeah. if, if we're at this place where you go, well, it's not, you know, I, I know that's not him. Yeah, well, I know it's not Mark Hamill. I know it's an image of him. Guess what? He's older now. It does. It's not him from 84. But if you can't get a little jazzed about it, then it's it's all. So it's funny that the Superman was animated in that serial and nobody cared. Nobody would have cared at the time. But we adjust our eyes and go, yeah, that looks pretty bad. But I bet it looked cool, you know, then or something. And I, 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 I don't know. I don't know about that one. Although I would say, like, the flying effects in Captain Marvel, where they just kind of strung a dummy across, are pretty good. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I recently watched some um, Superman, the original Superman. I don't know why yeah. it came on my radar again. But, you know, I think we'd all agree that that is one of the best, if not the best, comic book movies. And there's never been another Christopher Reeve, even close. Um, and as great as it is and as great as the flying is and as, as, you know, how it knocked everybody out when it showed up, a lot of the flying looks bad. I mean, it looks like yeah. they're they're on a stage and there's a, you know, it, it looks like whenever I see when I notice it, like, when, you know, when there's a driving scene. Remember how TV used to be when they'd be a driving oh, I love driving scenes. Yeah. When I, but it, there's some of that that's like in newer films still. And I just, I'm kind of astounded, like, okay, that really does stand out. That shouldn't look like a, a show from 1978 that I know the two people aren't. Oh, dude, watch a Seinfeld. The driving on Seinfeld is like, oh my God, this is bad. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, you, you, it's almost like, you know, they're in on it. But like certain dramas that I've seen recently in a movie and you go, they're doing this is a this is like a old school driving scene like they're on a stage and you know um so it, it's it's the storytelling is is you know kind of what what matters i mean i don't i don't know i wonder what adults were thinking when they saw the flash gordon serial in you know 1936 or whatever it was now <clears throat> speaking of flash gordon because those i have on dvd i have the yeah. at least two or three different stories i think on dvd now those were the fur okay those were up before Buck Rogers? Did those hit before Buck Rogers? 
I think Buck, Buck Rogers actually Buck Rogers the character predates Flash Gordon. Okay, um, Buck Rogers the character predates, but I think the serials. I think you're right because the Buster Crab played both characters. And I'm pretty right. sure he played um, he played Flash first. And then was that the first comic strip character to be in live action, or who who preceded Flash Gordon then? Gosh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I I would like I haven't. I'm not a, a, a historian of this thing, but I would believe maybe the Shadow or somebody had had got had come just slightly first. I don't know. Okay. Uh, just because. But that was it. But that, but that was a pulp. Those were pulp. Yeah, yeah. He, you you may be right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it might have been first. Might have been the first. Comic but I mean, like the you know Flash Gordon movie is definitely a love letter to these things. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, you yeah. see it, Alex Raymond's you know strips at the beginning, and I think that's what Lorenzo Semple Jr. That's kind of the the vibe he took it from. Yeah, um, and and I want to also point out that in those, uh, and I mean this is a you know almost a hundred year old film, but Princess Aura's hot in those. <laughs> <laughs> just like in everything else. Yeah. Uh, the actress they got to play, uh, Princess Aura, is a woman by the name of Priscilla Lawson. And yeah, she, she's gorgeous. And, and you know, if you go, if you put them next to the Raymond strip, they did a really good job with the look of the rocket ships and the costumes. Ming, you know, Charles, was it Charles Middleton played the Charles played Middleton is Ming, yeah fantastic like it looks like he walked out of the the strip and and uh yeah. and off too you know actually and buster yeah. crab buster crab is like at that time if you were going to cast someone to look like the guy in the sunday comic strip he's about as close as you could possibly yeah he, he's handsome he's an athlete i think he was a swimming guy right a, i think he was a swimmer yeah like uh Weiss yeah. yeah like he was you know because you didn't have cut guys back then and he was he was in damn good shape though yeah big chest yeah. yeah big chest big arms yeah and and not a bad actor yeah he does it's 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 always weird to me that he never did much else in in motion pictures like he's well, really known for those two things and i also find he's known for those two things but he did <clears throat> tarzan he did yeah. uh buck rogers he um what was it he he did like a, he has a huge uh, list of stuff he did. I think he was also um, another DC character, wasn't he? Uh, Congo Bill was it? I know oh, Congo he, Bill got who's a really obscure DC character. He never became but, like, he never became like a, a, a Cary Grant or something. Like he never. No no no. In fact, he barely acted uh, past the fifties. Yeah. And. Um, I think one of his last appearance, like his, I think his last appearances are, or most of his, were the Buck Rogers television series where he actually got to, you know, work aside, work uh, alongside Gil Gerard as Buck, you know, Buck Rogers, which was um, very, very freaking cool. Like that was, yeah, super- that was that was really um, a wonderful nod and tip of the hat for that show to do. But yeah. I think the last, the last movie I ever saw him is a Fred Olin Ray piece of crap. Uh-oh, here we go. Well, I, I kind of like it, but, you know, anyone who's looking to watch it, remember who you're getting this from. Um, called The Alien Dead, 
and it's just a a pretty shitty movie about zombies. Uh, it, but it's kind of fun to watch it because it costs like nothing, and apparently the but like the budget was like uh, twelve grand, and Buster Crab wow. took uh, two grand for his role. Oh, because good. he uh, he's only in it for a couple of days, and I guess he was like really doing well in real estate or something. I did like, read. I looked him up a couple of years back. He did. Yeah. He did a- Right, but he never really did much more in in film. And here's another thing about that Buck Rogers appearance. So Buster Crab shows up in Buck Rogers. Yeah. You know, a nice little wink to the audience, like, hey, this wonderful. Is the, you know, it's great, fantastic. I think so. That was '79. In '78, when the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers comes out, there's the in joke with uh, what's his name? Kevin Kenneth, McCarthy. Kevin Kevin McCarthy. That you kind of get the impression that oh he's been on the run since the original film you know I love that yeah but was that my question is was that the first self reverential sort of self referencing thing like that in a in a film or a show like you know there's plenty of stuff you can you can look at from the 30s and 40s and you know um, I'm trying to think of there's one with William Holden shows up in a scene and somebody says hey aren't you William Holden that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about referencing the thing itself <laughs> and i think every, that, every dean martin matt helm film <laughs> yes exactly i think i think the 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 meta meta sort of aspect of that of the guy that was in the original thing showing up in the new one and people will know people will know the answer i don't know the answer so i'm sure we'll get a lot of fun oh calls. yeah that's a really but good thing because i th- i would personally think was the first that and then and then i'm thinking that 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 the Buck Rogers one was like the second yeah. time. And no, you don't get I, I would I would say the first meta thing would have been something with Karloff or Lugosi on television. Okay, so they're they're in a they're not that they're referencing each other's career. You know what I so mean? No, like not referencing characters or something. I'll bet you anything. Dollars to donuts, sir. Or, uh, the, or the, you know a, a situation where where two people that played Frankenstein's monster are in the same. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Aren't you the, didn't you do the thing or like it's, it would be as if Karloff showed, uh, if Karloff showed up in uh, uh, a hammer film, a Frankenstein hammer. Film. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know yeah, I'm sorry. Saying? I didn't quite catch that. Um, yeah. So I think body snatchers might be the first and then Buck Rogers would be the second one in pop culture that I can think of. Cause that was not very, that was not a common thing to, to do, you know, that no. we think of we think of stunt casting differently now, too, where, you know, Kurt Russell being cast as Star-Lord's dad is kind of perfect, you know. Yeah. But it really kind of started with Connery being Indiana Jones's dad, where you're, you're bringing the weight of the previous career and the major character that he played with you to this thing and, and making that you know, sort of, sort of connection. But then you go deeper with it, with like the Buck Rogers thing where it's, they're both the same character. Like, like I'm very curious what the answer is. So I'd love to answers on a postcard, please. PO box. What the fuck? (laughs) Paramus, New York. Um, Colorado. It wasn't always Boulder, Colorado. Boulder, Colorado. There's 356 um, Spart street, Ottawa. You know, it would be like, here's, here's one that you'll get a representative. It would be like, that if Tom Selleck showed up on the new Magnum PI, because I know you're a big fan of the the new Magnum PI, it would be like I've if seen every episode of the show. I'm just hearing about now. 
Exactly. So that that's what I mean. So give us your answers. I'd I'd love to know. So did you see the like Flash Gordon Buck Rogers? Did you see that stuff on on sun, Saturday Sunday mornings as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, that Flash Gordon played everywhere, um, and I think it was also that in the '60s, and we can get into this now. These things became kind of like high camp, and like the Batman serials, which. I'm very happy to say I've seen in the theater with a crowd, and it's amazing. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it was 1989 when the Batman movie came out, and there's this amazing theater in Toronto that is still around, but it, it's just a shell of itself called the Bloor Cinema. You know, they used to play, like, warp records and stuff while you were waiting right. for the movie. Um, they played the Batman serials during the B-Movie Fest of 89, and I went with my girlfriend, and we were crying. It was so fun to watch. Um, and I, I've understood that, the you know, Hefner was a huge fan of those and played them at the Playboy Mansion. And I believe even um, truncated versions of those serials where they were compacted down to two hours uh, played in theaters in the 60s because it was so funny, you know, uh, how how goofy they were. And And if you haven't seen the Batman serials, they're goofy. They're really terrible. Um, well, I, I said when we talked about uh, that in the Batman episode, I was at a kid's birthday party, and I just got this has got to be like seventy-eight, maybe or so. So mm-hmm. whatever it is, and like I said, the dad. Well, here's a special treat for you, kids. You know, like this. This I, I don't remember what the dad looked like, but I, you could tell when a guy was like, okay, this guy, this guy probably collects comic books or something, and he brought out the projector and played the Batman serial. And I remember a couple of kids giggling because they were, they thought the visual of the bat ears, they were so big and floppy. Yeah. That, that there, and that was the, you know, that was my, that's my earliest memory of the other generation pointing at the older thing going lame, you know, doesn't yeah. work or whatever. And, you know, we've been dealing with it, you know, ever since, for, you, know, <laughs> since then. you know, it's never stopped. It's, it's in never... my household, it's constant because my kids see me and they go lame, doesn't work. Yeah, but what, what, what the, you know, by that logic, you're not going to get far with, you know, Casablanca or whatever. I, I went to, I went to Heat uh, with, with a guy, a younger guy, um, and, you know, I got tickets for this anniversary thing, whatever, and, you know, it's, I, I love it, and most people agree that it's a great crime crime uh, caper, uh, epic thing. And he really liked it. But the first thing he said when he came on, he goes, well, you can tell it was made in the 90s. Oh. And I was like, what? What does that even mean? Like, what does that even mean? Because it took its time, and things weren't blowing up every 10 minutes. Like, what What the fuck does that mean? So um, so I punched him in the face and okay. uh, left him in the parking garage and then backed up over him. You did the but, right uh, thing. I think I did. I think I, I actually I think I handled it well, frankly. It yeah. could have been worse. It could have been a bloodbath. I um, think you're the hero of this story. Well, yeah. My own story. Um but um but but wouldn't you say that because of Star Wars and you know Star Log and the stuff we were sort of consuming, wasn't there another kind of renaissance in the in the 70s? For this stuff where it was playing more and more and people were trading tapes of it at shows and stuff and oh definitely i think i think star wars and raiders really helped um kind of validate them a little bit yeah yeah that's and, a good and there were so many other you know attempts 
in the 80s to copy the Raiders formula. So you had all these like terrible, you know, King Solomon's mines and 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 they they almost felt like cheap knockoff cereals because there were some really, really crappy ones, you know, like (laughs) they weren't all good. Uh, You know, there were some really like unmemorable ones. And it was like they they stuck the, the tongue in the cheek a little too hard it's almost like yeah. they were they were pushing the period stuff and the hey they are buster you know the dialogue and whatever <laughs> yeah. were, Say. You know, hey wait a minute buster you can't do you know they were trying to wink at that era but it was kind of ham-fisted which tells you how delicate it is where you can't you know i mean star wars again we've talked about this is a film that could have very easily gone very very wrong in so many ways yeah. um you know, had the dialogue been different, had the visuals been different, etc. Had it was C-3PO the, been a used car salesman? Yes, exactly. It's like all these magical things that happened from just random interference or someone else's pencil was on the paper instead of his or whatever. Um, but there's, but it is a delicate line to to give, you know, pra- you know, to to try to emulate these things without you know, falling over into pastiche, kind of. And I think a lot of the 80s stuff, they just didn't, you know, they didn't get it right because they... they Yeah, like Legend of the Lone Ranger or, you know... Yeah. Uh, oh, God, the, the, the perils of Gwendolyn and the land of Yik-Yak. And, uh, now, is that, the so... one with, is that the one with Sam Jones in it? Sam Jones... Oh. Sam Jones was in one that was based off of a, a British uh, comic strip about a about a a, a, a buxom uh, a woman, um, that, you know, that was all cleavage in every strip. of. Yeah, the, I, there, there's it, one I can't remember. I think it's no, the para, I can't remember which one has Tawny Katane in it. And she's just constantly in peril, but it doesn't have Sam Jones in it. Yeah, and it's not. It's it's also based on some naughty British comic strip. And you're like. What? Who is this for? You know. Yeah, um, yeah it's a, it's yeah. a delicate it's a delicate dance, shall we say? Yeah, to, yeah. To you can right. you can go too far. And then um, we also had the, a television series uh, as a love letter to it, Cliffhangers in the late 1970s, which I watched and I found Me some too. YouTube. I found some on YouTube a while back. I have a DVD somewhere. It's pretty pretty rough it's pretty, it's pretty i gotta rough. tell you i can't unsee it from my nine-year-old self so yeah. i yeah. i freaking love it but yeah i mean for for 70s television to take that big a risk you know oh, I, that, I i yeah it is yeah. remarkable when you think of the time frame um i would i would put it this way it would make more sense if it had happened in 82 or 83, because you got Tales of the Gold yeah. Mummy, got Bring Them Back Alive, that were clearly, you know, legend has it from whoever, I forget, not Stephen Bochco, but whoever the guy is that did Tales of the Gold Monkey, claimed that he had the, the you know, show Bible for that before Raiders ever came out. And it was, mm-hmm. it was really supposed to be, you know, um, Only Angels Have Wings and, you know, To Have and Have Not. He was really riffing on, 30s and 40s uh, uh, romance and picture. Uh, uh, I don't believable because they had a Casablanca television series like two years earlier. Um, right. David Soul and um, um, uh, Hector Elizondo. Played, yeah. 
played uh, what's his face uh, Claude Rains uh, part. Louis. No pre- no pressure for David Soul there. Right, right. I mean, even as a kid, I went what? And I love Starsky and Hutch, but I saw him and I knew Casablanca at that point, and I could not get my head around why. Because as a kid, my brain went, he doesn't look anything like Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't thinking in terms of just the character. I thought they were trying to do a remake with a guy that looked like Bogart. I was like, no, nope, doesn't look anything like him. No, nope. <laughs> get it all wrong. So the cliffhanger show is interesting because um, it would make more sense if it came out after something like Raiders. But it came out in, was it 79, was it? 78, I think, yeah. Okay, yeah, um, it is. It is a weird piece of um, piece of pop Esoterica. culture. Esoterica, yeah, I I like it. I like the Dracula uh, series, and, and I and love the, the Secret Empire because it's a take on the Gene Autry serial, The Phantom Empire. So that that's the one that's like there's a civilization at the Earth's core kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, and I I just thought that was the bee's knees as a kid. And the um, third Western is that what the third one is? No, the 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 Secret Empire was a Western on the right. ground. Right. So it was actually in black and white. And then when they went down to the Earth's core, it was in color. Right. See, that was clever. And then you yeah. had the Dracula. And what was the third one then? What was the third? It was a girl reporter. Um, was it Goldie thing. Gold? Was it Gold? It was Gold? not Goldie Gold and Action Jack. I love Goldie Gold and Action Jack. Okay. Well, there's um, an, that's another one that you go, okay, this had to have happened because of raiders right because it was like 81 or 82 that show wasn't it yeah but you can't make a show that fast um so you think that the idea was there prior to that i thing? think the weird idea was there prior yeah oh interesting oh i didn't know jack that. kirby worked on that you need a nap my friend this oh is like my goodness yes I, I have been driving all day i'm sorry um uh oh i didn't know kirby was um so was that like a hannah a hannah barbara thing no, it was Ruby Spears. Jack Ruby. Kirby worked for Ruby Spears. So Ruby um, Spears did the Fantastic Four series. No, that was DePatty Freeling. And he worked um, Yeah, I think he worked on that one, too. But um, I think he worked on Ruby Spears for things like Thundar the Barbarian and Goldie Gold and Action Jack. And I think he even designed Turbo Teen, which we don't need to talk about. Yes, we do. Don't no, know. I find it interesting, too, that Buster Crab did both Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers, which were separate studios, right? Weren't those separate Yeah, I believe studios? so. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Where like they didn't have them like, nope, that's a that's a competing character and a competing property. You Oh, I don't think it you know, back then they paid very little for all of this. What about like Rin Tin Tin and those things? Did you ever watch those did those ever air on No, I don't know if those aired. I, I wouldn't have watched the Mounty ones. Um I, I really was looking for um, fantasy. You know, I, I didn't right. want to watch G-Men or, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, there was lots of that stuff. I believe there's uh, there's several Lone Ranger um, serials, and there's a couple oh, of Lone yeah. Ranger serials where they do not have the continuity of the, you know, the established character. In, the, in those, uh, the Lone Ranger is like a mystery what his identity is oh but yeah isn't that, isn't that what it is in in all the stories that nobody knows who he no is? what i mean is there's no uh 
whatever his name is, Dan Reed or whatever. Uh, you don't. You're the the Lone Ranger is a character in this universe, uh, uh, acting as a vigilante, and his his identity isn't revealed until the end. Gotcha. So it's gotcha. it's sort of like a weird take on it. Um, there was a version of the Phantom. I believe Tom Tyler played the oh, Phantom yeah. as well, and he looks pitch perfect. But apparently the serial isn't that good. So wait a um, minute. Let's hold hold that. So go back a bit. Kirk Allen was Superman. The Batman one was what? One serial? One twelve? No, chapter? there were two. Oh, there were two of those. Okay. Yeah. And what? I other, think there were two Supermans as well. Were there other DC characters that were serials? Blackhawk um, is the one I can think of off the top of my head. Um, I think that's it for DC. Uh, so they had their two biggies, um, and of course, Fawcett had Captain Marvel and. Uh, Huh, that's a good question. Uh, the Green Hornet uh, got a serial. Oh, wow. I totally forgot about that. Wow. And I think the, he that was Luke played Cato. That, that was a radio show, right? Yeah, yeah. And they made it into a serial. And who played Cato? He, Luke. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, I don't think I ever knew that. Wow. Yeah. Wow, there's a guy who has an IMDb page freaking <laughs> mile long. My God. <laughs> What a career. Him and, him and James Hong. Oh, my God. James Hong has been in, like, 912 movies and TV shows. And he's, he's in the new Gremlins one, the, Mo, the, the uh, Mogwai one on uh, Mogwai, whatever it's called. Uh, really? Mogwai. Yeah, he's, he does a voice in there very briefly. But guy's still, <laughs> you know, still still kicking. I, I, met, I, I, was, uh, I was checking into a hotel, or I was picking up a pizza at a hotel. And um, that's not a euphemism, right? No, no, it's not a euphemism. I was actually, you know, went down to the lobby to get my pizza at a hotel that was having a monster, you know, movie convention. And um, James Hong was checking in. Oh, so in between, um, you know, I was just getting my pizza. I saw James Hong there and I think I'd actually I saw him the next day because he was actually a guest at the show. Right. But um the pizza guy lost his marbles. <laughs> but, and this was the thing that killed me. Uh-huh. He, he went, he just went to James Hong, hang on, hang on, hang on. And he like went to the car, which was parked out front, and he got his brother out of the car. I, guess, I don't know why his brother was with him. And his brother, he, he goes, I just want you to meet my brother. And the brother's like, who is this guy? <laughs> and I, I was just waiting for my elevator, and I heard him go, he's from Kung Fu movies. <laughs> the guy obviously knew. He flipped out when he saw James Hong, Aww. but he couldn't figure out how he knew him, and that just made me laugh. Right, like he's he knows there's going to be a longer conversation in the car with the brother. Yeah. That makes sense, but for now, you just need to get in here to see him and, and meet him. Poor and James. He's, and he's not he's not wrong. Right. He has been in some kung fu movies. Uh, oddly enough, he has been in some kung fu movies. Hard to believe. Yeah. He, uh, many, he many episodes of kung fu. He doesn't shake hands. He uh, he does the fist bump. Yeah. Yeah. And this is well before COVID. He was doing the uh, the fist bump thing. Uh, I, the, the worst thing I have for James Hong is the photo I got him to autograph. I got him to autograph the Wayne's World 2 photo. I don't know what I was I was thinking. just going to say, let me guess. Of all the things, you probably picked something 
you'd Stupid. least like not yeah. from Big Trouble in Little China, you know anything else he's been. The I'm actually World. not a fan of that movie. Yeah, it was Wayne's World. Um, okay, that, just... that that doesn't make any sense to me. It makes no sense to me whatsoever that you wouldn't have some kind of affection for Big Trouble in Little China. It's yeah, no, it's weird. It's like an homage to to low budget weirdness. It's got kung fu in it. It's got you know, Chinese lady with green eyes or whatever. It's got monsters in it. How could you not like like it a little bit? Why do you think I like Chinese ladies with green eyes? This is the kind of thing that would be in like the David some David Carradine fuckfest from the mid seventies where there's people turn into tigers and shit. I don't know. I don't, like, I don't watch David Carradine naughty word fests. What's the David Carradine <laughs> one where it's like the golden voyage of my staff or whatever what's what's the one from like 79 or something and oh like the you know, iron the, the tiger or yeah that's yeah, that it's that bruce Chapman, lee project a lot of those movies that you would probably enjoy it's got all the ingredients in a blender that you think oh i bet i bet hyler likes that movie i don't think he i don't think he loves it he probably just never owned it but i bet he likes that movie it's it's not my favorite john carpenter film well that's okay that's but, village you know, of the damned um yeah. Exactly. It's it's memoirs of an invisible man. That's your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> like Carpenter film. That's I, I the one. That that's the one. Fun. Really, uh, you know, that's that's a YouTube video right there. Actually, you're all wrong. Carpenter's best film is the one you've not seen. Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Invisible Man. And for the next two and a half hours, I'm going to tell you why you've been wrong about Halloween and everything else. For but before we do that, do you like magic? Before we do. Let me talk about our sponsor. <laughs> These underpants won't make your testicles sweat. They're the greatest pair of everything. Shut up. You know, that's one of the things I don't want to get advertising for this podcast or even my channel. Like, I don't want to have to do that. Well, and I also don't want to be like Garson Sock Garters because we're old. And <laughs> but you want to find you want to find the right. There's some of them that, does it, that that are very subtle in the way they do it, and it's it's a great segue into. And speaking of your you know password or whatever, and then you got to suffer through a minute and a half, whatever. But the the ones that are just like, take this blue pill. If you're a man, it's like whoa, 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 whoa. What does this got to yeah. do with breakfast cereals? You know, like What's this, it, yeah, it's the weirdest sort of sponsors and shit. I collect action figures. Why am I listening to, <laughs> to like a vitamin thing? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. So, but the, the, that's such a, it's such a YouTube thing of just, so now you're getting it with Crystal Skull where people are going like, actually, you've been uh, wrong about Crystal Skull for 15 years and this is why. And then you're like, oh my God, the clickbait. It's just all. You know what? Nobody... I, I do want to do 10 reasons. Um, <laughs> 10 reasons you're wrong about Catwoman. You know what? You should, you, you absolutely. Yeah should i bet i'll bet you now if you did that video i'll bet you will get more clicks than you've ever had in your life <laughs> but i don't i, I don't want to be that guy but, you, but yeah it, like my number one reason would be shut up that's why because i said so right but there's never i don't yeah. think there's ever been a video on youtube defending that film and if you said actually when you when you break it down it's the best comic book movie of all time and i'll tell ever you made ever made Check it out. But before we get there, be sure to click like and subscribe. And let me tell you about these uh, butt plugs that are it's our new sponsor from Jim Cock Ring Warehouse. No. Uh, uh, any? Yeah, I, I love that sketch. <laughs> 
So, um, but what, but so do you own a lot of the original serials? Like the, 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 no, uh, that's one of the things I want to say is, um, I've absolutely lost my taste for them. I sometimes watch them by riff tracks. Oh, glad Um, we're talking about them then. I'm so glad glad you chose this as a topic after the hiatus to talk about something you hate. I didn't say I hate them. I know, I know. I said that I I just have lost my attention span for them. They They were amazing little oasises in a time when you did not get superheroes punching bad guys on television. That's true. And um, I even sat through one that was called The Mysterious Dr. Satan, mm. which was actually about, a, you know, an evil scientist and he had a robot. But it, there was a vil- there was a superhero and the hero was just created for the serial. And I think his name was Copperhead. Mm. He's just a guy in a mask. But uh, oddly enough, uh, because of Turkish, like apparently these movie serials all played in Turkey and the Turks would knock off these serials years later. So there, you oh, know, there's a, you've seen like the three dev Adam, which is the captain America from the terrible serial. It's not the Marvel mm. captain America. It's that captain America. Mm. And, um, they did a cop, a version of the mysterious Dr. Satan. I'm dying to see someone has even dubbed it, but I cannot find a copy of it. Can I just say, if your name's Dr. Satan, what know, are you going to do? You better be mysterious. Yeah, you and you better be evil. Like, it, it's almost we, like you're predilected to it. Yeah, it's not going to be like nobody's the, nobody's going to Dr. Satan gynecologist. Um, it's not called The Fabulous Misadventures of Dr. Satan. Yeah. No, it's The Mysterious Dr. Satan. <laughs> the Wacky Adventures of Dr. Satan. Dr. Dr. Satan, Queen of the Desert. 12-part cereal. <laughs> He's know, got that, a prescription for fabulous. <laughs> fabulous fun. He better be mysterious, and he better be freaking evil if you're taking that name, is all I'm going to say. Yeah. And you better have a damn robot. Yeah, you better have... They should all have robots, frankly. Every yeah, one of them. Uh, personally. Yeah, and I no. think that there's some really um, iconic stuff that came out of movie serials, like... Uh, talking of evil scientists with giant robots, uh, there's a wonderful serial that's actually quite terrible called The Phantom Creeps. Oh, I've seen this. I think I've seen this. Yeah, it, it has uh, Bella Lugosi, and he can turn invisible, and he also has this this robot. And it is the most sublime, weird design of a robot. It looks mm. like a walking tiki idol. Mm. And Rob Zombie appropriated it for uh, his his videos and tours. Oh, wow. It's like they rebuilt the, the they don't think it's the original prop. That's probably been the you know, destroyed. Creeps. Oh, the what creeps? The Phantom Creeps. The Phantom Creeps. I think I've seen this or I know of it somehow. Well, if you Google the robot, um, you'll get it. You'll go, oh, I've seen that. Oh, movie. OK. OK, maybe I'll do that while we're. Um... Um, yeah. um, but here's what's interesting about uh, the Batman one that you're talking about. Yeah. You're talking about like not not having enough, um, you know, uh, heroes fighting each other and stuff. So you had you had we we had the Batman original Batman series, uh, Adam West in in reruns and, and, and syndication. Now, right. as a as a kid, I, I was 
glued to it. Like I, I, thought I was, yeah, it was so real. It was so real, and they were punching, and it was in color, and it was. I didn't see the campiness in any of it. You know, um, I would have to agree, and that's the beauty of that series, and why I think a lot of people carry it with them throughout their lives because yeah. they didn't get the joke as a kid. They yep. loved it with a passion, and then they got yep. the joke, and it's still like, this is my old friend. Yeah, and it was very much like a, as the years went on especially, but I, I see it now as, again, the way your kid brain you know, develops. Star Trek, I always associate with bright colors. Like, like that show is so, design-wise, is so incredible. You know, the yellows, the, the, the shade of blue, the, the food, you know, the episodes where they're, there's a banquet going on and they have those little, they're like melon balls, you know, but they're like red and pink and green. And so it's, that show has always been very vibrant. The lighting in it, you know, with those shades of purple and turquoise, you know, blue and things like that. And Batman to me was like a companion to it. Like it yeah. was bright colors and, you know, words coming out at your face and there's actual punching. I mean, if any show had fights in it or punching, it was like there's more punches in an episode of Batman than anything else from the time, even like Wild Wild West. Like there's people really, you know, fighting. And I loved that stuff. So, yeah. So but I wonder if so when you're when you're seeing the serial stuff, it's like now that's a distance between that and the the TV series. And then the, so, it, you know, it looks dated. So so I'm saying that those kids at the party and, and I probably saw plenty of the Adam West Batman and wouldn't have giggled at it. Yeah, but, I get that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But this kid was like laughing at um, the the way this Batman serial looked, you know? Well, so, you know, you look so at it, though, if you do look at it, even as a kid, I remember I saw photos of it in a book. I mean, it is not um, a, a good Batman costume, you know? Um, yeah, it looked had, like a long underwear that were like you know made like a like a hoodie and long underwear that were made like that more yeah it's it's not um it's not they're not even good costumes yeah and you know there are a couple of things in there that's kind of fun like um i think they created alfred oh yeah that was my thing that yeah. alfred wasn't there also a thing in i think kryptonite came out of the superman radio show right it was did it? yeah bud collier went on vacation but was there something so he in... went in a closet and said i'm not available i've had kryptonite poisoning but um didn't didn't wasn't there something in the in the in the superman serial that made its way into canon or am i wrong somebody was introduced in the serial or something was introduced or i think you're right but i can't remember what it is okay and Alfred came out of the the serial. And, oh, wait, Batman like, serial. Did the word Batmobile exist before the the, the Batman serial? Yes. It, yes, did. it okay. did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there may be other things that happened, but um, oh, and yeah, there were two Batmans, and one of the Batmans looked pretty good. I can't remember which actor looked, but one of them was you know broad-chested, muscular, and the other guy was like just kind of frumpier, but. Even worse, his mask just made him look like a devil. Yeah, well, he was probably auditioning for um, the mysterious Doctor Satan. He went and get, went to the wrong yeah. went to the wrong set. But um, but yeah, but 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 he's got a car. 
in the serial, but it is not the Batmobile. No, right? and they're just they just basically they just are driving around in Bruce Wayne's car, yeah. and I think at one point they just pull the hood up and go, "Let's change," and it's like, yeah. so it's just changing their clothes in their car, Fantastic. which is like at the same point, like yeah, okay, that's what you know um, it would really be like, you know, it <laughs> in real life. But I think there's also one part where they're in the bat cave, and the bat cave's hilarious because they've just got rubber bats floating around. <laughs> Uh, but they just get their clothes out of a filing cabinet, oh, you know, <laughs> and, and yeah, especially the first time I watched it, summer of 89, and we had just seen, you know, like Michael Keaton, like his uniform comes out there. Yeah. And then you're just watching <laughs> open a drawer and here's your shit. You know? <laughs> That's fantastic. You know, they, they <laughs> speaking of self referencing like that, that that sight gag is still so great in the 78 Superman. The first time, you know, Lois Lane falls off the roof and, oh, yeah. and he pass, he walks past the, the phone, the phone kiosk, yeah. not a phone booth. That is still a brilliant gag to put in there because then it makes you think too, like how did he ever get, get changed in a phone booth anyway? That's just such a weird thing. That Cause it's, he was it's, so fast, right? It, I guess that's I don't know if that was that like that in the comic, but it's just such a if you see a guy go in to that phone booth and he walks out as Superman. You're going to go, hey, wait a second. Well, that at the time, Here's- though, if you think about it, was also like a comedian's joke uh, for years. I mean, Superman was so in our pop culture that yeah. there were a million jokes about him changing in a phone booth. Oh, my God. So for Donner to put that in there, he's just basically like, you know, referencing it and oh, going, yeah. He's not going to do that, you yeah, know, and now it's impossible answer. for Superman to, to change in a phone booth. Exactly. It's, it's a great gag to to wink at the audience, but it's all it also makes you go. That never made a lot of sense for him yeah. to go in the phone booth and come out as Superman sort of thing. But it's it's so in it's still in the, the lexicon. You know, the, the, there's been merchandise made. Of him. Isn't there like an ornament where he goes in? Wasn't there a toy? Didn't there? Didn't they do a thing? Was it? Was it? Migo was trying to do Migo. a um a spinning, yeah, a spinning like the, uh, like the Enterprise, like the standalone yeah. Enterprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. They they tried to spin that off for Superman, but it never got very far. Yeah, that would have been a brilliant Migo toy. That would have been perfect. I don't think it would have sold, but I think it would have been like a brilliant Migo toy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we probably. I mean, it's 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 the two go hand in hand. I mean, I would think it would. That makes more sense than giving him a a jet with fists, you know, like Corgi did. I guess. Why you? I um, mean, yeah. I well, that's because of kryptonite. So he's 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 in that because if someone's got kryptonite, he can still get to them. Yeah. Oh, I like, see. All, all these years, I never knew that. Yeah. And why does Spider-Man drive? Is there a reason for that, too? Like Shut not- up. That's why. Um, I just kind of wanted to go through some of the titles here. Um, I talked about the Phantom Empire, which is what uh, Cliffhanger is based on, where Gene Autry finds an evil uh, underground civilization, but he's still Gene Autry, the singing cowboy. And uh, I mean, The Lost City uh, is the name of the, um, the, the, the very... Um, <laughs> Not so good one. Uh, it's a science fiction epic uh, film about Africa, and I, I you look it up on your own. It's pretty weird. But the Undersea Kingdom had Ray Crash Corrigan. Um, 
who was also a huge serial star and and uh i love his name ray crash corrigan um there was one I wanted to talk about though, and I'm just kind of, oh, there were Dick Tracy serials. Oh yes, with Ralph Bird, um, Zorro serials, Jungle Jim. We talked about. Um, I'm just trying to think of. Uh, there was just one of oh, the Spider, who was a Paul Pirro. Right, the Spider. Yep. And, and the Phantom Phantom, um, Phantom City. What was it called? The Phantom what? Phantom Empire. Phantom Empire. That's clearly. Yeah. Lucas is winking at that for. Um, oh, uh, most definitely, yeah, Phantom Menace, yeah. Ben, your there favorite. was Mandrake the Magician, which I've never really been a big fan of. Um, now that's another um, uh, King Features uh, uh, guy, isn't it? Ma- Absolutely, Mandrake. yeah. And, and by the way, Buck Rogers came out in 1939, well after Flash Gordon. So Flash Gordon was 36. I just wonder. This is my second question for the audience. If anyone's listening, was that the first? serial based on a comic strip not not you a, know not what a, i'm just gonna look here because I, I think i have everything here uh 1936 i'm just gonna look at 1935 i have this long list while you're doing that i looked up tarzan's not a comic strip character technically because he's actually a literary character that's right. Uh, I don't. The Perils of Pauline predates it, but I don't know if that was a comic. And also, I looked up. You might be right. The, um, well, we'll get some. Right. We'll get some postcards and see what people say. Um, I do totally recognize the robot from. Uh, oh yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It was in books. It was in Starlog. You know, I'm sure yeah. that. And that thing, I would buy, if Super 7 is listening, and I know they are, um, make a figure of that. I'll buy one. I'm going to see Brian uh, in about a week and a half down at Comic-Con, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll slip him five bucks and see what I can. um, Five bucks Canadian. Five bucks Canadian. But, you know, we should also say, while we're wrapping this up and praising all these things, and you can go take a nap, granddad. Well, I actually Um, want to talk about one last crescendo before we end, but you you keep going. Well, I was just going to say that um, a huge debt of uh, gratitude, show of gratitude, debt of whatever, is owed to Starlog. Because Starlog, so much of this stuff I wouldn't have known about if not for Starlog. Total gateway drug. Total gateway drug. And like it was always like towards the the back of the issue, there might be a four page spread on, you know, the Superman serial or, uh, you know, Flash Gordon or whatever. Like they they really cared and um, um, got it into the consciousness a bit more. And pro- probably, again, off the back of, you know, Star Wars and, and, you know, that audience, the older audience, when we were kids, they knew full well what that movie was going for. Um, yeah. But they, they were the you know, they were still they were going to comic book conventions and, you know, where they had, you know, some of you look at some of the programs or some of the early cons. There would be a, a night of like, you know, this stuff would be shown at a con. Yeah. Nobody could. Oh, yeah. You know, that would be the big Friday night, you know, after the costume contest, you know, or, you know, what was her name? Madeline Saw was walking around dressed like a. Heidi Sawa. Yes. Heidi, dressed like a like a um, character. And um, and then you'd have the, that uh, they'd run some of the serials and like you must have had a room full of people in a basement of Comic-Con going going nuts for this stuff so so they got it when star wars hit and then those those are the guys that did star log that were like hey 
let's throw some love to these these older things. I, I yeah, and I love that. Uh, and one of the biggest love letters to these is, and it's so perfect, is a film I adore, and I just recently rewatched. I showed my daughter recently, um, J Men Forever, which J- is J Men, not G Men, J Men. Okay. And what it is is a film, and seek it out. I think it's on YouTube. The Fire Sign Theater, who I love. Um, they took all the old movie serials. I don't know how they got the rights for this, because there's some stuff in this that's insane. And they turned it into a story. Oh, they uh, did like an overdub kind of thing, right? They, yeah, they did. They did. What's up, Tiger Lily? Did Yeah, oh, um, right. which okay. which is one of my passions, by the way. I love overdubbing, you know, new track movies like this, especially when somebody really funny like the fire sign theater is working on it and oh my god this this they don't this movie never is boring because they just keep it going and the brilliant thing they did was they took the villain from uh all of the serials and made him one guy <laughs> so he just keeps changing his costumes <laughs> so the narrative is perfect and then they just have little black and white scenes with them talking that kind of fill in. Uh, but they they have like like Captain America is in this. Uh, <laughs> Captain Marvel is called the Caped Madman in this, and he's like insane and kind of racist. <laughs> <laughs> and like there's just all this kind of bizarre stuff going on in these. Uh, Commando Cody's in it. Leonard Nimoy is in it because he is in uh, Commando Cody. Um, I think right. He was in a zombie one too. Wasn't yeah, I asked. No, it was not. It was called Zombies from Space or um, Space. Zombies of the Stratosphere. Zombies. And that that was a Commando Cody. And there's just <laughs> there's a scene you know where Nimoy's walking by and he's got this weird you know Martian hood on. And uh, the guy goes, is that Mr. Spock? I don't know. I can't see his ears, you know, uh, but, there, you know, just so many funny lines in this. It's, it's and random. totally rings. Yeah, well. I, I owned it. And I remember in college, I used to put it on all the time as like an ASMR to pass out, you know, before they oh. had such a thing, because I loved the movies. Like I'm an audience. Like, I'm, I don't know if you've ever told you this, but I'm an auditory learner. Like. Um, it, if if it just has like conversational stuff in it, I pick up on all of it. Mm. And uh, I'm like that with music a little bit too, except mm. I have no musical talent. But uh, the the beats and the the the, the speech would just kind of like put me to bed because mm. it, the movie is so fun. Um, I don't know if it ever got a proper release. I think it did. I think I have That's, it on DVD. Um, it's up on YouTube. Yeah, the whole thing's on YouTube. Yeah. It is well worth a watch. There's also a sequel they did in the early 80s called Hot Shorts, where they use like Spy Smasher and some different clips. Mm-hmm. Not as good. Uh, Lightning in a Bottle with, you know, J-Men Forever. But how J-Men Forever is not like way more revered because it has got mm-hmm. some great writing. Um, it's really, really funny. And... Um, the voice, you know, the voice work is great. I mean, I don't know if you're a big Fire Sign Theater fan, but I, I am. I, mean, I got into, you know, it was again one of those like Doctor Demento 
you know, yeah. eras where I would go seek stuff out and all the early Lampoon stuff and the, they would run the Lampoon radio hour and stuff like that. Um, yeah, a bit, but I mean, it was, um, well, it's, it's interesting you say like, why isn't it more revered? It's like, well, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I worry for stuff like this because there, there, you know, the secret handshake isn't a secret anymore because more people are into more things now and more stuff is out there that would have been difficult to find in previous decades, I guess. But at the same time, there's some stuff that just goes by the wayside or, you know, it takes longer to to recognize. And it's getting harder for things like this to tap people on the shoulder. You know, it's a yeah. very specific thing. You know, it's, um, you know, it's like I always use Buckaroo Banzai as an example of like, it's never going to be, and none of this stuff's going to be household name, but like it literally took 30 some years for people to even start talking about that movie. That Buckaroo Banzai, <laughs> the sequel, it could still happen. Hey, we're holding out. Peter, Peter Lithgow's Weller. still alive. Uh, Peter Weller still wants to do it. But that's that's actually another, that's, it's funny that I didn't mean to, but that's a great example of something that was throwing everything in but the kitchen sink, including you know, movie serials. I mean, it was clearly an homage to pulp and, you know, old serials and things were very heightened. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Oh. <clears throat> I mean, I've, I've probably missed a dozen different films that have referenced movie serials. There's probably a lot of European films that have as well because of that American, you know, movie serials were really an American thing. Well, and, some, uh, some Tintin ones? Like, didn't they, didn't they, weren't there some serials? I know there were movies, like Black and White, or maybe, maybe, they, maybe they're thinking of, like, early 50s, maybe, but that wouldn't have been. Yeah, serious. I don't know. I don't know much about that. I don't know much about foreign serials, although they, they must exist. Um, but you love Weedabix. I don't. You and I did Well, wait a minute. No, I, I'm from Canada, so Weedabix is not a foreign cereal. Oh, sorry, my bad. Because you're a cookie you know, crisp would be I a foreign always, cereal. I always think of you as an American. My bad. Oh, I am. I am a full-blooded Canadian. If you prick um, me, gravy so, comes in. So, but this, are these things that you revisit now and then that you that you watch still, or just I'll watch them with Riff Tracks. Um, I do love J Man Forever. Uh, I've, you know, I will say this. Uh, years ago, I think I bought a disc of the. Like the middle, like the Flash Gordon, the Buster Crabs. And I watched them and I was like, these are really good. Like, yes, the spaceships are ridiculous. But the actual, like, work they put into those is like, yeah, this, 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 this is pretty respectful. And I, I enjoy it. Up that, um, a while back, I think when they put um, Flash Gordon, uh, when they because the 80 movie had been in moratorium for years. Oh, yeah, maybe it's on there. Maybe it's on the no, no, no. There's, 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 one, there's one or two chapters on there was a region two that was a, a steel book, and there were a couple of chapters, and they just redid that for America, but without Brian Blessed's um, uh, audio commentary. You can only you can only get it on region two, but then when they when they finally put it out. You know, when I had, you know, I made the so region one's eardrums just cannot handle. Right. <clears throat> right. Yeah. But it was like it was, you know, the, the the movie was in moratorium on DVD for a long time. And whenever it was, whether it was that first batch when I got Alex connected with them and 
he did the artwork for that. But I think there was a release after that, maybe for the 30th anniversary. Or something. I forget. But they put out somebody put out a, you know, three or four disc set of all the Flash Gordon serials that came with a booklet that kind of gave you the history and gave you some strips and everything. And um, I so I put it on one day and actually watched some of these. And I went, this is actually pretty good. Like these these are not it's not completely cheesy things aren't falling off the walls and buster crab is great and it it's got a good look to it like they're not um you know they're not an embarrassment or anything you know what i mean and they're really yeah. directly from the strips you know they're they're really taking the alex raymond strip and turning it into into yeah, I, I think i th- i couldn't get over how much i was enjoying it so you know there's hope for me yet but i i think i just lost my flavor for it um, or my taste for it uh, since I was a kid. I, I don't know what it is, but I do love uh, watching, like, you know, if they, there's two hour versions of some of those and I will watch those. Yeah. Well, the beauty of it is, you know, like a lot of the stuff we talk about, if anybody's interested or curious or hasn't seen anything, but now most of it's probably up on YouTube. You don't yeah. really have, you don't have to hunt too far or too long or, you know, meet a guy behind the 7-Eleven, you know, with a paper bag and, you know. I don't have to see all, that guy anymore? He's still there. He's still doing deals. Um, it's all it's all out there. So that's that's kind of a, a fun thing about this particular subject is most of the stuff is <clears throat> no one's really cracking down on the copyrights, you know, for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but I think I think their legacy is bigger than we realize. Like, yeah, we aren't watching movie serials anymore. I, I do honestly think that like Star Wars and, and Indiana Jones, you know, two very humongous franchises are directly tied into those things. Hundred percent. One hundred. But I'll go. I'll take even one step further because, you know, if you really want to get scientific about it, <clears throat> you know, James Bond, you know, Doctor No from Rush with Love. Whatever your mileage is, doesn't doesn't matter. People have to realize that that really is the precursor to the modern action film. Not like, you know, Die Hard or whatever, but just try to find a film prior to Dr. No that is not a movie serial. OK, that doesn't have action every 10 or 15 minutes or so or something, some extraordinary stunt or whatever. They just didn't exist. There were there were movies that had a, a, a slightly more you know, pulpy feel to them, but not action the way we kind of understand what action films are. So, so Bond is kind of the precursor. And what Raiders was, was Spielberg wanting to make a Bond film, you know, when Lucas said, oh, I got a better character, let's do this. So that was his, that first one was his, this is what I would do if I had a, you know, a Bond picture. So really the, the, the modern action film, you know, comes from serials. It just gets laid out better in something like Dr. No or Goldfinger or whatever, and that becomes the standard. And then Raiders becomes the standard because it, it is nonstop. It becomes the, the next standard of modern action sort of movies. And it's coming from this place of, um, you know, having to move the story along very quickly in the in the serials, you know, and have action every couple of minutes kind of thing. So, yeah, all connected. Absolutely. And when they fight, their hats stay on. That's right everybody's hat stays on it was a different time people had much fatter heads back then another really great before we end is another really great parody of movie serials is on sctv 
um, I, what is the name? Two Gun Justice. And okay. it is a it's a western with Eugene Levy as the hero, and his name is Don Mills, which is funny because <laughs> Don Mills is a road in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Don Mills Road, like, uh, and uh, Martin Short plays a character named Cheap Laughs. It's just a Gabby <laughs> Hayes type character, and they have to stop Tojo from stealing uranium. <laughs> Fantastic. It's and, wonderful. And yeah, seek that out too. To Who plays Twin Tojo? Gun Justice. Let me guess. Dave just Thomas. just an Asian guy. It's not Dave Thomas. Not Dave, Dave Thomas? Thomas. Okay. <laughs> moved on a bit. He was, was a bit fond of that. <laughs> Who was the character that Dave Thomas played? The guy that had a talk show? What was it called? Lingy Tang. <laughs> Uh, it's still one of the funniest sketches ever. You know what's funny about SCTV is I wrote thread in Dave Thomas's book that like Lingy Tang was always a makeup challenge because it never got presented the same way. And a lot of the because a lot of the people didn't want to do like straight up, you know, Asian face. So he right? would end up going just going out with a wig. Cause they're like, no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> I might uh, I might be seeing him at uh, San Diego as well, so I'll, I'll bring. Well, him I would up. really like you to give him a very big hug from me. I will do. I absolutely will. And uh, I'll ask about uh, Ling Yi Tang's talk show if it's coming back. Gonna bring it you back. You can do that. You can do that. You could ask him about Rocket Boy. Um, Rocket and if Boy. you don't know what Rocket Boy is, it has James Hong in it. Rocket Boy was that a, was that a uh, an SCTV thing or a, a movie? No, or... it, it's like a post SCTV pilot that Dave Thomas did. That yeah, um, Dave Thomas to me is the Dan Aykroyd of SCTV. He has some really good concepts, but on his own, it's just too weird. You know, you like it was about time travel. It was like a it was like a pilot, and he or like a it's a TV pilot. This was eighty. And it's on. It's on YouTube. Yeah. And, and, you know? and well, it's, uh, he's like a guy who, oh God, it's late 80s. Oh my God, 89. I thought it was 88. It was 89. Okay. Yeah. What, what's it called? And it's called The Rocket Boy. No, 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 not that one. The one I'm thinking of where he's, it's something to do with time travel and he goes back to, you know, he don't, he jumps around in time sort of. You know what I'm talking mm. about? I think everybody's in it. Catherine O'Hara, I think, is in it, and Martin Short is in it, and he basically called in favors to everyone. Um, I think it's like late 80s, maybe. Maybe mid-80s, 86, 85, 86. Oh, my God. Dave, I've never seen this. What's it called? Incredible Time Travels of Henry Osgood. That's it. That's wow. It. That's oh, yeah. It's got Valerie Bromfeld. Oh, yeah. John Candy. And and Michael Short and Paul Flaherty are writing. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, give that a spin because it's um I'd never seen it. I don't think I'd ever heard of it, and I watched it. Oh my god, it's like an SCTV reunion and yeah. Bronson Pinchot. Yeah. Oh god, Sarah yeah. Polly, what is she ten? Okay. A, yeah, yeah, she yeah. Was, what year was it? Was it was it ninety? Eighty eight. And Kevin McDonald's in the damn thing. I gotta find this. Because Sarah Polly was in um. She was in Baron Munchausen. That was the first movie she did. She was the little girl. 
So it would make sense that this would be the thing she did just before it. Yeah, Canada's sweetheart, Sarah Polly. I can't remember why she's famous. <laughs> it's just she's always been there. Yeah, well, she's been at it since she was a kid, and she's, uh, you know, not a half-bad uh, Oh, I know why. She was on this show called Avonlea, which rode to Avonlea, which was really big here. Oh, it was? Like Slings yeah, and Yeah, but she, that was way before, way after um, Barry Munchausen. Was it big like Slings and, slings and Arrows? It was like a big like uh, the Rita McNeil show or Border Town. <laughs> these these Canadian shows you've never heard of. Right. Right. A- yeah. Apparently the road to Avonlea was um massive in Japan and Prince Edward Island is just full of Japanese tourists now, but I don't know anything about it. Wow. Well check out that that uh the Dave Thomas one. I'll check out Rocket Boy. Um, because the, the the one I'm thinking of, the time period one, is, is kind of pulpy too. It's kind of kind of a throwback sort of thing. It's interesting, you know. Doesn't completely work, but it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to check it out. All right, all well, right. Well, I have homework now. Great. Next <laughs> next time we'll uh, we'll do the next episode will be about when when talkies took over. We'll go even further back. I don't like them one bit. Yeah, we'll see how much, we'll see how much further back we can go with subjects. But no, this was great. Well, I, Edison's the kiss. I think we should. <laughs> yeah, should do, do a do a commentary and breakdown on that. Ninety minutes on that, I think. Yeah, ninety minutes uh, on that. That'd be ninety times of the film. But uh, we'll be back soon, sooner than later. Yeah, um, actually, do you want to record this week again? Yeah, we can absolutely get it. Get it. Okay. Couple. All right. Yeah. All right. Enjoy. Thanks, everybody. Talk soon. Bye. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right. I'm going to go to bed, sir. Yeah. Get some rest. All right.